Welcome to Generation Ag, a podcast for the future of agriculture. I'm Kayla. And I'm Lavinia. And we're a couple of young Aggies passionate about celebrating our industry and sharing the stories of people who work in it. Hello and welcome back to Generation Ag. It is Kayla here today. I have got quite a meaty episode today, so let's get straight into introducing today's guest. Sally Poole is an agronomist and digital ag consultant with seven years experience working in broadacre and cotton production across southern Queensland and northern New South Wales. Recently, Sally has taken the plunge back into full-time study and is currently doing a Master of Philosophy at the University of Sydney. She is researching the use of digital tools to map and understand the interactions between soil, water and subsoil constraints and their influence on crop yield. Although Sally did not grow up in a farming community, her passion for agriculture and improving global food security has taken her on many adventures around Australia and the world. She is an advocate for sustainable agricultural development, diversity in agriculture and agricultural innovation. She has been fortunate enough to participate in many industry programs, including being an Australian Grains Future Leader in 2022, where she completed a project looking at the sustainability of grain production in both Australia and Kenya. Sally is also on the board of Crop Consultants Australia as the Communications Director, where she is passionate about growing connections and knowledge between members, the association and the wider industry. That is quite the list of achievements for someone so young, I'll just flag, we had some unfortunate technical difficulties during the recording of this episode. So Sally has re-recorded her response to one of the questions towards the end. Bear with us. Uh, Apologise for that inconsistency there. Let's get straight into it. Here's Sally. All right. Uh, Sally, welcome to the Generation Ag podcast. How are you today? Fantastic. Thanks. How are you going? Really well. Uh, start us off. Who are you and what is your connection to agriculture? Um, so my name is Sally Poole. I'm an agronomist and digital ag consultant and also currently a research student at the University of Sydney. I'm very excited to talk to you about your research a little bit later on, um, but let's go back all the way to your childhood. What was that like? Um, well, I actually got um, on the northern beaches of Sydney, so a bit of a world away from ag. Um, but I spent a lot of my childhood um, running away to my aunt and uncle's farm every chance I could get. They had a deer property and then a cattle property in the Southern Highlands, so I spent a lot of my a lot of my school holidays down there on the farm, riding horses and hanging out with the cows. And um, I suppose that's how I originally I got into ag. So a bit of a different world to where I grew up, but. Um, absolutely always loved ag and if I could have moved to the farm as a kid I sure would have. So does that mean um, ag was sort of always going to be in your future do you think? Yeah I think so. I think when I was finishing school I sort of looked at going to um, art school or design school. Um, I also looked at going to vet school um, and then after having two gap years and working on farms I was like this is what I want to do. Who am I kidding? Ag is definitely where I want to be and what I want to be doing. So eventually took myself off to ag college um, in Wagga. 
and loved every minute of it. That's fantastic. And so that obviously sort of cemented your decision then because you went on to study ag at uni uh, and are now an agronomist. Talk us through, you know, for the people listening, that journey through undergrad and making the decision to pursue an agronomy pathway. Yeah, well, again, it's kind of funny. eh? Uh, So I went to CSU in Wagga um, and when I first started, I don't think I really knew exactly what I wanted to do. I just had this idea that I wanted to work in in corporate ag, I saw myself wearing flash suits and some days and then being in a paddock others other days. Um, and I was like, oh, no, I don't want to be an agronomist until I actually realised what it was. <laughs> and then I think I started falling in love with agronomy and, and the science and the system and the people and, and how it all interacts with the environment. Um, and then after becoming really good friends with a couple of agronomists and doing a bit of work experience, I was like, I I just love this. I just love being in the paddock, dealing with farmers, helping them make those day-to-day decisions about how to most sustainably run their farms, you know, how to, you know, optimise their production. And, um, yeah, I kind of haven't looked back since. I absolutely love agronomy. And you took your first graduate position with what was Landmark at the time, I'm really keen to ask you about your experience in sort of one of those more um, co- corporate or larger scale graduate programs straight out of university. Yeah, so I was, I was pretty fortunate. In our fourth year at CSU, we uh, had to do a placement for 12 weeks and I got a scholarship to do it with Landmark and I went to South Australia for those 12 weeks and worked at a branch in Narrow Court down there. Uh, which was fantastic. It was a great experience to go, uh, well, see another part of Australia, but also, um, you know, see how the production is quite different down there. Um, You know, they also have lots of seed crops and vegetable crops and things as well. So that was quite interesting to see how it was very different. Um, And then when I sort of finished up there, I was offered a job in South Australia, except I decided it was too cold. Beautiful place, too cold. Um, So I asked um, if there was any jobs sort of up north. I was quite interested in cotton at the time, Um, still am. And so I was fortunate enough to get a grad position up on the Darling Downs. Um, And so I moved up there in the beginning of 2017 and um, had a great time. I was based out of Pittsworth, which is on the Darling Downs, had an amazing team there. they were very supportive and, yeah, I loved working at Pittsworth. It was fantastic. And you went on to spend a little over two years at Landmark. Were you at Pittsworth the whole time or did you move around? Yes, I moved around. So not that long into my grad year, actually, I was given a um, full-time role as an agronomist and key account manager based out of Chinchilla um, and I lived in Dolby. So I sort of did a lot between Chinchilla, Dolby and Pittsworth still. So we're still working with a lot of my mentors at Pittsworth and mentors at Dolby um, and then sort of had my own clients around the Chinchilla region as well. So it was a lot of travel, but, um, yeah, got to see a really wide range of um, production systems through that. And, uh, yeah, it was it was, it was very interesting, um, massive learning curve. Um I think people always forget how big of a learning curve those first two years in agronomy are until they're in them. But it definitely does get better after those two years once you 
finally start getting your feet in agronomy and, and knowing what you're doing and seeing a few seasons and know how to handle things. Um, you know, that's when I actually think I really started loving agronomy even more because um, I knew what I was doing and, and well, I mean, none of us really know what we're doing, but, you know, we actually started, you started seeing how it all fitted together and, um, you know, how to handle different situations and different farmers and different climatic events. And, yeah, it was um, it was very interesting, but it was also so when the drought was really starting to take hold. So that was a new challenge within itself. Um, and so, yeah, I left there the end of, well, that must have been 2019, beginning of 2019, I'm trying to remember now. And um, I was fortunate to get a position with PCT, Precision Cropping Technologies, um, based out of Gundawindi, working with a mentor of mine that I'd um, had learned a lot of um, previously, Brendan Griffiths, who's a cotton agronomist um, based out of Gundawindi. So we both went and worked for PCT uh, for a couple of years based out of Gundy and um, absolutely love that because that's when I really got stuck into the technology and digital ag side of farming and my goodness, what what a world that is. Absolutely. I'm so keen to talk about sort of your work in the digital space. But before that, you moved around a lot as a young person, like having grown up in a metropolitan space and then going to Charles Sturt and then going up to Queensland. Was that ever daunting for you? Uh, yes and no. Um, I think I've lost count how many times I've moved and how many houses I've lived in. I think at one point I, I did calculate it was about 18 or 19 houses, um, which is crazy, but I love moving. I love meeting people. I love traveling. Um, I you know, moving back to Sydney now, I haven't lived in Sydney for 12 years and it's kind of it's such a great fun adventure to be back here. Um, but it is daunting and it's hard sometimes. Um, but then you realise you end up with these incredible friends all around the world and all around Australia. And, um, it, yeah, I think that's also great fun because it's always a good excuse to go travel and meet them and um, explore Australia and explore all the different ag systems out there. Absolutely. Great advice. And I love that. I think um, if if you can be brave enough to just even move one other place, I think that's such a valuable life experience for a young person to have, particularly when you're starting out in your career and, and building your network, which you obviously got a lot out of moving around and adding to your professional network. Oh, yeah. it's. I think the biggest piece of advice I always to young people um, is, is move, um, you know, it doesn't have to be forever, but the the experience and the knowledge you'll get from seeing something different and meeting different people and the way they think, it, you know, you, you can you can't learn that any other way. But but by moving or traveling, um, and or you know, doing work experience at lots of different places just to get a different view of the world um, and how you know different people view ag. So. I think, yeah, it's honestly one of the best things I think anyone could do. Probably, you know, 18 to 20 houses is a bit extreme, so you don't have to do that. But a couple of moves or a couple of just even a couple of weeks away on work experience, particularly while you're at uni and you have the facilities to do that, I think it's the best thing anyone can do. Absolutely. Let's talk about now the intersection between agriculture and technology and where you found yourself in that space um what does a digital agriculture consultant do 
Um, I suppose we do lots of different things. I mean, I I call myself a digital ag consultant. You'd be the same as a precision ag consultant. But um, basically, we take a lot of the data that's been collected on farms um, or being remotely collected via satellites or, um, you know, surveys that we might get done. And then uh, we sort of pull it all together and analyse and try to understand what's really driving our production and what's really driving our yield. And then the fun part of the job is not just pulling that all together and understanding it, but then helping farmers use that information to improve their production systems. So you sort of get to like pull all the bits of the system together that are sort of like the loose ends um, or the tech ends and pull them together and then come up with like uh, different ways to utilise that information, um, you know, understand what's really driving production, you know, quantify things and actually then to start make real, you know, um, return on investments for people and that that's cool. That's very cool. Very nerdy but very cool. It sounds really amazing. I'm always, um, you know, I work in the career space and I'm constantly trying to sort of convey the opportunities and just how tech and data-driven agriculture is and you're sort of working right at the forefront of that of um, utilising that data and analysing its impact on farm I think it's so valuable and I also I mean I'm, correct me if I'm wrong but I feel like we're still just at the the edge or the this kicking off point for how well we could be using a lot of the data that we're gathering. Oh definitely I mean it's sort of funny when when you actually look back in the history of Precision Ag Precision Ag really technically kicked off the early 2000s because, you know, they were starting to collect all this data and, you know, yield monitors were a thing. We started getting EMs into the country. People started mapping soils. But it's I feel like only now, you know, what, 23 years later, that we are at that cost because now we actually have the software and the technology to actually pull all that information together and actually have the capacity to analyze it together in one place and so yeah I feel like we are on that cusp because of that it's sort of taken us 23 years since we've started collecting data to do it but um yeah it's a pretty exciting space to be working in now um and you know there's lots of other new tech gizmos and stuff coming out that we can start drawing information out of as well um but yeah it's pulling it together and then actually making it into something that is usable for the farmer that's the bit I love You've been on quite the study journey since you did your undergrad. Um, talk to us about your decision-making process about you obviously did your graduate certificate and then you've also now doing your master's. What 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 is it that drives you to continue studying, the hunger for learning? Well, I think a bit of madness, to be honest, but um, uh, it's... I love learning. I love knowing that that continual development of, you know, the unknown, being curious, being, you know, you know, trying to understand how things are happening in our system so that we can improve them. I think that to me is sort of what drives me in ag. Um, you know, for me, one of the reasons I also got into ag was because of global food security and trying to improve that and, you know, in any little way I can and so that sort of that continual learning and how can we do it better how can we do it more sustainably how can we do it with um you know less inputs or better for the environment better for the farmer you know and then but 
produce more healthy food for people that need it. Um, so I think it all comes out of that, you know, constant curiosity of how can we do it better? What can we change? What can we improve? Um, and so that's why I ended up back at uni now um, doing my research master's is I'm sort of a lot of my research now is really using a lot of that spatial data. Um, so, you know, your yield maps, your soil surveys, satellite imagery, um, but actually starting to use it to really pinpoint what is driving our yield at every point in the field. And so once we can actually start actually knowing the real drivers of yield, then we can actually start making some serious progress in terms of having really sustainable systems that manage production based on potential of of an area of a field, not just the average. Um, so I think it's out of that, you know, that constant curiosity of how can we do this better? How can we improve? How can we how can we make a difference? And I think that's something that Australian farmers do really well is um, this balance and uh, synergy, I suppose, between production, uh, but sustainability as well, and how just so interlinked those things can be, and not necessarily counterintuitive to each other, which I think is a mindset um, that potentially traditionally had, and certainly in other countries haven't adapted to so well. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. I think um, Australian farmers—they just—I mean—they blow me away all the time. Um, we definitely are some of the most sustainable farmers in the world. I mean, we partly out of necessity because we don't have subsidies, but also partly out of the fact that we are one of the driest continents in the world. And the fact that we produce what we produce with such little water is just unbelievable. Um, so I think because of all that, you know, Australian farmers have always been very inventive, but also very conscious of the environment. You know, we've just gone through some of the worst flooding and literally the year before that was some of the worst drought we've ever had. And so that constant change and that constant uncertainty, I think, has really driven a lot of Australian farmers in terms of innovation and sustainability um, because we have to. But not just because we have to, but also because we want to. You know, I think we could have given up on a lot of farming, a lot of areas years and years ago because it was too hard, but people see the opportunity, they see the importance of managing the land and the country um, and trying to imp constantly improve that. Um, I, and I think that's really admirable and, and I always take my hat off to a lot of farmers. It's amazing what they can achieve. Um, so, yeah, I think the, the whole sustainability piece, even though it's becoming a bit more of um, – the buzzword now, I think Australian farmers have been doing it for a very long time because we care for our land. You know, these people, most farmers I meet are so passionate about their block of land and, you know, trying to do the very best they can with it and look after it the best way they possibly can. And so they might not always use the, the buzz lingo sustainability um, keywords that are floating around at the moment, but you talk to them about their land and how passionate and caring they are about that. And I think you know, that's sort of, that's really what's driving a lot of Australian sustainability in ag is that is people's passion for their own country. Mm. And you did the Australian Grain Leaders Program last year uh, with yeah. Grain Growers and you looked at um, sustainability in the grain industry in Australia and Kenya. Um, do you want to tell us a bit about that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so um, my project kept evolving throughout the year. 
Um, and so originally I was looking at sustainability um, in the green industry in Australia and, and again, particularly about that language that farmers use um, and how it's quite different to sort of, you know, the sexy corporate language world. Um, and But then I had this opportunity to go to Kenya for six weeks, um, partly as a birthday present to myself, partly for my sister's wedding and also partly as an opportunity to go learn about Kenyan farming, which was just so much fun. Um, so I sort of used it as an excuse to tie it in to my project as well. So when I was in Kenya, I was fortunate enough to travel around and visit a lot of farms, um, smallholder farms and sort of uh, larger scale farms as well um, and talk to lots of different people in the industry over there and sort of get their view on sustainability. And, and what was quite surprising is, and I sort of didn't really realise this before I went, but Kenyan farming and Australian farming, even though sometimes they operate at different scales, we're operating in very similar climates and very similar um, sort of environments. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of other added complications over there about markets and things as well. Um, and there's not the st stability in a lot of the markets. But um, I just, yeah, it was it was interesting how much they looked to us for sort of sustainability and innovation things. But I actually sort of started looking at them and I was like, well, actually, they're doing some really interesting things that we could probably learn from as well so that's sort of where my help project ended up going is sort of looking and um at at the differences but also the the similarities between the two but again one of the things that really came out of it was people's passion for their land and looking after their country and you know trying to farm as sustainably as they can and produce you know the best crop that they can to feed their community and and feed their nation and I yeah that was one of the biggest takeaways I took away from it. What an incredible experience that's so cool. I want to jump back now and just um just think a little bit about you know your career so far and if you could give Sally at 17 some advice what would you say? <laughs> Oh, I think um, my advice to myself at 17 would have been don't wait for anyone else. Don't wait for the masses to go in a direction. You know, I grew up in Sydney. A lot of my friends were like, why the hell would you move to the country? There's nothing out there. And it took me a while to get the confidence to go and just pursue what I wanted to do. Um, and I kind of wish I had the confidence when I was younger to do a lot more probably work on more farms than I did, travel a lot more. Um, and I think, you know, if it's something that you're really passionate about or you're even just remotely interested in, just go do it. You know, people are, if you show an interest, people will bend over backwards to help you to do it. And they won't care if you don't come from a farm or you don't come from the right background. Um, I think people are People honestly will help you do anything if you, if that's what you're interested in and that's what you're passionate in and you show a willingness, they will do anything to help you do it. So, I yeah, I think my my advice to myself at 17 would be have the confidence to pursue that earlier. And, and you know, what's the worst thing that can happen is someone says, no, I don't, I don't want you. Just try the next person. Like, it, it, it really doesn't matter. It, if you can show that passion, honestly, everyone will help you do it. I want to deep dive on that a little bit because I think um, there are a lot of young people not from farms um, keen to get into agriculture. 
what has been the barriers? How have you overcome them? The fact that you're not, quote unquote, from a farm or from an ag background or whatever other imposter syndrome um, voices on our shoulders we like to put in place. Yeah, it is hard. Like, don't get me wrong, it is hard. Um, People used to ask me where I'm from and and sometimes I'd say, oh, I'm from down south. You know, just because as soon as you say, oh, we grew up in Sydney, sometimes people would be a bit standoffish. But once they could see your passion and, and your love for it, that that barrier would break down really quickly. Um, so I, I have to admit I have done that. I don't do that anymore um, now that I have sort of the confidence in what I'm doing. But I think, look, there is a few barriers like that. But, again, I think you sh- as soon as you can show your passion or your interest in it, in whatever it is, whatever type of farming it is or whatever type of ag business it is, um, I think that disappears really, really quickly. So I think that, you know, one of the most powerful things you can do is is ask questions to show that interest and that breaks down that barrier really, really quickly. Um, I definitely wouldn't go out there saying I'm from down south anymore and I don't think anyone should. Um, but, you know, it is sort of funny that the little quirks and gimmicks that you discover along the way, but, again, once you can show that that interest, no one cares. No one really cares where you come from. No one cares if your mum and dad have a farm or they don't have a farm. At the end of the day, no one really cares. Fantastic advice. And you've, you know, really gone about cementing yourself in the industry, um, so much so you joined the board of Crop Consultants Australia last year. Talk about uh, joining a board, um, the journey to getting a board seat. What's that like? Yeah, so I was fortunate enough to be voted onto the board of CCA last year. Um, it was actually a friend who called me and was like, Sal, I think you should I think you should apply. Um, I was like, oh, I don't know, you know, I'm pretty young. I've never really been on an official board, you know, been lots, on lots of community associations. And, um, and she's like, well, why not? Like, you know, you've got the skills. Why not go for it? Um, so thank you to my mate. I have to say one of the things I love about AG is is the amount of woo girls you have. Oh, I love it. Um, you know, if you think a friend's up for something or perfect for something, encourage them to apply. Like, as I said, what's the worst can happen? Someone's going to say no. Um, and then you apply again next time. Um, so, no, I was very fortunate to apply and, and get better onto the board first off. And um, I've had the absolute best time since. You know, it's, it's really fascinating the people you meet through these um, board positions, the, th- the skills you learn and um, and sort of where it can take you and who you can you know, meet along the way. Um, I've really enjoyed learning all the sort of like official processes of, of how boards operate and function and, and the importance of governance. And, um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to have some incredible people on the board with me and an incredible EO team that have supported me along the way and, and sort of shown me how it's so how it all operates and you know at the same time I'm also the communications director for CCA and I'm having the best time um, working with the board and the EO team coming up with a new communication strategy for that and, and implementing that and, and you know I sort of love using my ag knowledge but also that you know developing those transferable skills in communication and stuff and, and developing plans for the association to improve um, their communication. I think that that's that's really fun. You know, you, you get all this diversity out of these sorts of um, positions, um, diversities in work and 
diversities and skills and um, that's been fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I'm down here at Sydney Uni at the moment really promoting CCA, trying to get a lot more young people involved um, because it's a really great way to connect with other agronomists and, these, you know, other people in the industry, um, you know, from all across the eastern seaboard and territory, northern territory. And, um, you know, I'm really, really enjoying connecting people and, you know, connecting our members and the association with the industry. But also getting that knowledge transfer, I think, is one of the things that CCA, CCA does really well is connect people and connect that knowledge transfer. And, and you know, I love that. That's that's you know, something I'm really passionate about. And um, so being involved in CCA has been fantastic. Um, but, you know, you don't have to be on an official board to be really making a difference. I think the best things you can do is actually be on a lot of your community group boards, um, you know, so whether it's running your local ag ball at, you know, ag college or whether you're, you know, involved in the local field day committee or whatever it is, the people and the friendships and the knowledge you get out of that, um, is just phenomenal and being able to contribute back to the community as well. Um, you know, some of my best mates I've met on boards, you know, we had great fun setting up different associations or running boards or community boards. And um, yeah, the, the people you meet along the way is just fantastic and you have so much fun. Um, so I really encourage you to get involved in your local community groups. Um, doesn't matter whether it's ag related or not but you know that's where you really start learning those skills so that yeah one day if you do get the opportunity to apply for a big ball position you can go for it and you can show that you've got the skills that that are required um so yeah definitely encourage everyone to give it a go and and that whole thing of putting your hand up you know you might not think you're the perfect person for the position but really who is um so why not just put your hand forward and they say no you're a bit too young we'll try again next time fantastic and sally you are going to be on a panel at innovation generation next month uh are you excited what are you going to be speaking about oh yeah i'm very excited to go to innovation generation um last year when i was a green leader um i was fortunate enough to go to innovation generation in sydney had the best time and so I'm very excited to go back again this year uh this year i'm on the on a panel talking about women in ag which will be I think good fun. Um, some really amazing women are going to be on that panel with me, so I'm really excited to get to meet some of them and and have a good chat. Um, but Innovation Generation is always great fun. So again, so many diverse young people there. Um, so passionate about everything to do with ag, and and I think that's one of the funnest things about it. So cool. We'll be there with bells on. Um, we're IG's biggest fans, so that will be really exciting. Um, Sally, last question I want to ask you is. Um, you know, after everything we talked about today and your study and everything you're doing, what excites you the most about the future of agriculture, but also your place in that? Oh, um, I think the thing that excites me most about the future of ag is is the, the to be honest, it's the challenges, but also the opportunities that we have coming our way. Um, you know, the climate is going to get harder and harder and harder. But I think that also lends to many opportunities for us to become better farmers, to um, really use a lot of innovation and technology to to help us be the, to become those better farmers. But also, I think it also gives us an opportunity to really think about our environment, how we can protect that even more. Um, so I think 
that's what excites me about our going forward. What excites me about my career now going forward is, I think, the unknown. Um, I'm very excited to see where my career path goes. This is definitely not how I thought it would go, and I'm loving the fact that every way you turn in ag, there's new opportunities. So, yeah, for me, in terms of my career path, definitely the unknown is, I think that's exciting. I love it. Sally, last question. If people want to know more about you, hear more about your story, or just generally connect with you, how can they do that? Yes, the best way to get in contact with me is actually probably through my LinkedIn. Um, I'm not a big social media person generally, but um, yeah, I'm always on LinkedIn in the background. So um, find me on there. I think it's at Sally Pool. Um, And uh, yeah, always happy to connect and help and connect people further through the industry. Amazing. Sally, this has been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing so much of yourself today. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. It's been fantastic. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Generation Ag. We hope you loved it. If you did, don't forget to visit our guest bios page on our website where you can get all of their contact information. And if you have an idea for another guest in the future or a story that you want to hear, you can get in touch with us via our email, which is hello at generationag.com.au. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at generation.ag. That's Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And if you've loved this episode as well, you can share it with your friends on your socials and make sure to subscribe to us on the podcast app and leave us a review because that all really helps as well. Thanks, guys. Bye.